Merry Christmas, sweet Selah friends. Sit for a moment and reflect with us as we study God's Word and the very first Christmas. We are so glad you're here. This Sweet Selah Moments podcast is brought to you by Sweet Selah Ministries and Word Radio. Welcome to the Sweet Selah Moments podcast. This is episode 94, A Tender-Hearted Christmas. Last week, Sharon and I looked at ways to keep Christmas special and yet simple. One of the blessings that comes from keeping it simple is that we have the room and space to keep a tender heart for others. Christmas is not a happy day for many people. There are a lot of emotions that are triggered at Christmas time. Oh, there sure are. The first Christmas without a loved one, for example, is a tough one. I remember the year Dad Gamble died, and it was December 2nd, so it was really close to Christmas time. We were still dealing with death certificates and the empty room, his empty room at our house, (laughs) and the ache was great. I loved him so much. Then our daughter was told that the foster child they were sure they could adopt was being taken away from them. So we ended up flying to Iowa to help her with her own broken heart while we were still dealing with ours. It actually was healing, you know, we kind of were there for each other, but it wasn't the happiest Christmas. No, I don't imagine it was. You know, there are also people who aren't able to be with loved ones, and the hurt that someone isn't coming home for Christmas can make it really hard to be in the holiday mood. It can, yeah. Family is such a big deal at the holidays, Sharon, and families are complicated. Oh, yes, they are. (laughs) So Christmases can be tough. You know, for us personally, last year was really tough for us. We all got COVID right through Christmas and missed all the family parties and Christmas Eve service at church, which is my absolute favorite. Favorite. (laughs) It It was hard to keep all our spirits up. Yeah, yeah. You can have a COVID Christmas. Yes. You'll never forget it. Let's nope. hope you don't ever have another one. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why we're going to look at how to keep a tender heart toward others this Christmas. We're going to look at three passages in Luke 2, continuing, and then talk about how the first Christmas family stayed tender hmm. and how we can too. So back to Luke 2. Last week, we read about the journey to Bethlehem, the uncomfortable birth in a stable <laughs> of some sorts where baby Jesus was laid in a manger where normally cattle or donkeys or sheep ate their food. (laughs) Nothing fancy or perfect about that setting. The first Christmas was not ideal. I'm going to pick up the story now at Luke 2, 7, and we'll read back and forth. She, Mary, gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available (laughs) for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, sorry, (laughs) I just told you we were reading back and forth, and I'm not. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I'll bring you the good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, Hmm. the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the Mm. armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. 
All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and mm. thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. It was just as the angel had told them. I love so much that God chose rough, lower-class men to announce the birth of his son to the town of Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. The whole town, evidently. Yeah. They told everyone. <laughs> they were very excited. <laughs> Nicole, these guys were not even trusted to be a witness in a court of law. Their reputation was so poor in those wow. days. And yet, they dropped everything to go find that baby. You know, I think that busier, more um, <clears throat> important people, even if <laughs> angels came to them, would, yeah. would go check it out later when they had more time, right? Mm -hmm. That's a good so, point. But those shepherds, they're like, hey, we're on our way to Bethlehem time now, right? That's true. They weren't <laughs> so busy with their important things that they were available for when God called they were. them. They were. Oh, they I love that part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that God chose those lowly shepherds to announce his birth and just how beautiful their unabashed joy was at sharing the news with everyone who had listened. <laughs> yep. Oh, to have a heart full of joy like they did that night. It's really interesting, Sharon. I didn't realize how closely the shepherds would have understood about Jesus being that perfect sacrificial lamb because the shepherds outside of Bethlehem would have been in charge of raising little lambs for sacrifice. So this would have been very significant for them. Yes, it would have. And as time went on and then they might have witnessed the crucifixion yeah. and the resurrection if they accepted Christ as their savior, those same shepherds would see the lamb. Wow. Slain. Very yeah. cool if you oh. think about that. <laughs> okay, but let's go back to Mary for a moment, Nicole. <laughs> She's just given birth for the first time. I mean, just like that day, right? <laughs> She's not home in a cushy bedroom. No. She doesn't have her aunts or sisters or friends around to help her. And she's never given birth before. Mm. And she, you know, she had no one except Joseph to help her. Right. She's just traveled a long distance, couldn't even find a place to give birth, right? Mm. She's in some kind of stable. How ready do you think she was for a gang of shepherds to show up at the door of the stable? <laughs> I'm thinking not ready at all. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud, would you have wanted to see anybody? Oh, my word, no. We no. had quite a few visitors when we had our first baby, and it was overwhelming, and I was in a beautiful, clean little hospital room. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But she definitely would have had to have been gracious to, to receive them after just having a baby. And then, you know, Joseph and Mary both would have been exhausted by this point, I right. would imagine, right. after yeah. traveling and yeah. then a yeah. long night giving birth. And then, surprise! Oh, there's some shepherds! Some shepherds are Hello. showing up! <laughs> yeah. Here they are! Yeah! It's well, a lot. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how I can apply this to daily life, and, hmm. and I, I think this is how. I have to ask myself this question, am I open to interruptions? In December? Ooh, that's a good when I'm question. Busy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Can I make time for a cup of Christmas tea if someone unexpectedly shows up at my door? Mm. Or am I irritated that they're wrecking <laughs> my um, perfect plans? Right. You know, I've got to be open for interruptions. Mm. Really need to be open. So I, my heart is that I will pray for that kind of tender heart that welcomes the unexpected and watches for the ones that need extra loving. Oh, right? I'm right there with you on that one. <laughs> Unplanned things can really throw me off. I think that I need to be more open and pray the same thing about, you know, being more willing to accept the unexpected yes. and maybe pray to be more kind to those awkward relatives that we all need to deal with at Christmas parties <laughs> mm -hmm. or be willing to host friends and their kiddos during the busy Christmas season because really people should take precedence over stuff. Yes, and our time schedules. Absolutely. Yes. In fact, if we keep the simple Christmas, we'll have time right. for the unexpected cup of tea yeah. or whatever. I mean, I'm saying cup of tea because I'm British. I doubt Mary <laughs> offered the shepherd's Probably tea. Probably not. <laughs> right. 
And here's the thing about hospitality, too. The house does not have to be perfect. The hostess doesn't actually need to have to drop everything. I often invite my guests into my kitchen, hand them a paring knife, and say, hey, I'm still making the salad. You've got the cucumbers, right? Or maybe they help me wrap presents or address cards. Can I just make them family for a bit? Then it doesn't feel so like, oh, my word, I don't have time to sit and entertain you. Who said I needed to sit and entertain them? Why can't I just invite them into my life? I've actually found that engaging my guests and helping me run my home makes them feel more at home Mm -hmm. than sitting with me trying to be polite while I'm thinking of all the things I need to do. That's a great point. Yeah. I love how you do that. We don't often have guests stay overnight at our home right now because all the rooms are filled with multiple children bunk beds. So we have a little limited space. But having people over to the house is hard for me sometimes because we are in that season of life where there's always toys on the floor, always cross things out. Yes. So, you know, getting over the need to have everything perfect or the feeling that my house is super in need of updating that I just can't host, you know. I it's really hard for me to sometimes get out of my own way and just have people over and enjoy their company. Yeah. Something God is definitely working out in my heart. <laughs> yes. Well, all we have to do is think of Mary welcoming shepherds to a uh, stable. <laughs> Welcome to my stable. <laughs> this is the king of kings yeah. in a manger. Pull up a bale of hay. Yeah, pull up a bale of hay. That's so. true. <laughs> well, now we're going to move on to our next portion of Luke 2. We'll be reading Luke 2, 21 through 35, and I'll start with verse 21. <clears throat> Jesus is presented in the temple. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel, even before he was conceived. I love how they obeyed God in that. Then it was time for their purification offering, as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, quote, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. (laughs) At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was a righteous and devout. He was righteous and devout and was devout. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) He was righteous and devout and was eagerly awaiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. And had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all the people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. What stands out to you, Nicole, about this passage the most? Well, first, I'm struck by Mary and Joseph's devoted hearts to God. You know, they named him Jesus, and they were probably very poor, and they, but they still gave a small offering and obeyed the law. Yeah, yeah, That's they really sure sweet. did. And next, Simeon. He's a really interesting character. Mary didn't know that God had promised him that he'd live until he saw the Messiah, or that this had been a lifelong dream of his. So for this older man to come up and fawn all over her baby and... Even for her to let him hold Jesus yes. <laughs> was really very remarkable. You know, Mary had such a kind heart. 
She really seems to have just gone with the flow with all these unusual events surrounding Jesus' birth and She his really life did, here. right from the beginning. Oh, I'm going to have a baby, although I've never been with a man. May it be to me as you have said. Yeah. That's our Mary. She went with the yeah. flow. Oh, we're traveling uh, while I'm pregnant. Here we go. Oh, baby born in a stable. <laughs> oh, shepherds showing up on the doorstep. Oh, man taking my baby away from me and holding it. You know, I never did well with that. Mm. I loved holding my babies so much. And someone would say, can I hold your baby? And... <laughs> I'd be like, well, do you okay. have to? <laughs> and the whole time they were holding them, I'm like, maybe they'll cry a little and I can take them back. Aww. Oh, no, let me take them now. I was terrible. Oh, so go marry. Yeah, she was very crazy. Yes, she didn't even know Simeon. <laughs> I know, yeah. very interesting. So, okay, let's talk about being tenderhearted in our homes when unexpected, well, we already did. We talked about being tenderhearted in our homes when unexpected company comes to call. <laughs> now we're going to talk about honoring older people who have perhaps outlived their spouses and their siblings. How can we make Christmas special for them. So I want to practice the rule of the one thing here, Nicole. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of elderly people and I cannot visit them all, Mm. but could I visit one? Could mm-hmm. I just bring a little gift and sit with them and listen to their stories? That's my goal this I year, like to visit one, to look beyond my own enjoyment of the holiday. And I do like to make it nice for me and Ray and my kids. Could I make it nice for one other person? Mm, I like that idea. Um, so we were trick-or-treating last year, and we went to this house that we hadn't gone up to before because the light was always off, and the light was on this year, and we went up the driveway, Oh, we're off in the woods, and there's little log cabins, and it's it's rough trick-or-treating time, <laughs> but we got up to the door, and this sweet little old lady answered the door, and she was so apologetic she didn't have candy for us because no one ever came to her door before. Oh, she didn't her. know there was any kids in the neighborhood, Aww. so she felt so bad, and we were just like, oh, she never gets visitors. <laughs> so my girls, when we were leaving her driveway, way they were like mom we need to bake her Christmas cookies and deliver them to her. Oh my goodness. So how sweet. We have a couple little older couples in our neighborhood that we bring Christmas cookies to that, you know, we kind of feel like it's a little bit of something, maybe a treat for them because they don't do a lot of baking. Well, I hope it's a treat for them because they are the aforementioned overly sprinkled cookies. (laughs) Of course they are. So who knows? Let's hope it's a thought that counts. (laughs) Right, right. Oh, Oh, and Sharon, you know, one thing I love that our church is doing this year is they're doing these sweet little care packages that they put together. And all you need to do is let the Connect to Care team know that you're interested, and they can give you a package. Yeah, and they I noticed that. With an I like that. Or a person. Yeah, they even put the package together for it's you. So simple. It is. I love that yep. idea. Yeah. We tried to do it last year, and then we got six. We decided not to spread our germs to them. <laughs> <laughs> but you would have if you had not had COVID. Yeah, yes. the girls were very excited. Yeah, so we might yeah. try to do it again this year. Yeah. It's kind of one of the things that's so sweet about belonging to a church, yes. because they give you opportunities, you know, to do things like that. Fill the Samaritans shoe boxes and you know so it's just a good thing it really is you can benefit from other people's gifts if they're really good at gift packages and i'm not they've already made it then it makes it easier for me to go and get it it. it's wonderful that's beautiful yeah okay so we're going to accept the unexpected company in our house we're going to love on at least one elderly lonely person yeah around us or in our lives that we yep i love it all right well we get one more example here we go and our tender-hearted pursuit. <laughs> so we're going to finish reading Luke 2 with verses just 36 through 38, the prophecy of Anna. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Oh, I know. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and praying. 
She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. Mm. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. So here we have another old person who actually lived a pretty tragic life. Mm. No kids, only seven years of being married before she lost her husband, and then a life alone. Oh, Mm. man. A lifetime of living near or in the temple, actually. She's there every day. So, Nicole, what are rules about widows who have no one to care for them? And did she actually live in the temple? I'm curious. Yeah, I know. I'm not entirely sure, but when I looked it up, um, Got Question said that she might have been given housing in the temple because she was a prophetess, it said, or she had housing really close by. But either way, she was there every day. <laughs> Which is sweet. It is, yeah. you know, because being a widow back in that time and being childless to boot, it left her with very few options for provision. Um, with no one to care for her, she would have relied upon her church for her daily needs. And how cool that God rewarded that daily devotion and allowed her to see the Messiah with her own eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some commentaries think that she was 84 and others think she might have been as old as 104. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So either way, that's a really long time to wait and fast and pray for the Messiah. It surely is. And, and she did it every day. And oh, oh. God rewarded her as well as I Simeon. Know. That's so These cool. Old, you know, there have been 400 years of silence from God. That's a long time to wait for Mm. God to speak again. There were no prophets during the time. There were no new books of the Bible written during that time, you know, kind of thing. It was a silent time. And and yet Simeon and Anna, having not seen anything from the past, Mm. having not seen anything in their entire lives, were still waiting. We're still longing. We're still believing for Messiah. That kind of faith is astounding. Oh, it is. It really, really is. Wonderful examples of that. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Well, in this case, you know, we we Anna was elderly too, but she was also very poor. So I want to focus now on what do we do for the poor and needy at Christmas time. Again, we cannot feed the whole world. We can't visit every homeless shelter, Mm. but we could do one thing, right? Yeah. So we could do um, a Christmas shoebox. We just talked about that. And, you know, I I have to confess to you, I am not a... I'm not initially a good Christmas shoeboxer because I hate shopping. I never have liked shopping. I don't want to shop. I never want to shop. But Ray picked up a Christmas box from our church this year and brought it home to me. I was not at church because I was um, on a retreat. And he's like, and this is Ray. I picked up a Christmas box here. I'm like, oh, okay, so who's filling the (laughs) box? Would that be me? But I went to Walmart, and all of a sudden, I had in my mind the person I wanted to shop for. I wanted the older girl, you know, the 10 to 14-year-old one. They're harder to shop for. They are harder to shop for, and, and, you know, they're not as cute anymore, right? right? So, but but I, I had her in my head. Oh. I, I had a theme, Nicole. Oh, my goodness. I know, all sort of pastels, and I, I had a little cap for her in oh, case fun. she was in a sunny climate and she needed a cap. Yeah. And then I got some pastel socks for her oh. in case it was a colder climate, yes. so I was kind of covering all my bases. I, I spent a really lot of money on that shoebox, <laughs> and then they wouldn't have all fit in the shoebox. Yes. So I had to get a bigger shoebox, so yes. then I found a bigger shoebox that would all fit in, and then I had to jam it shut. And Yes! So... <laughs> God changed my heart about oh. the shoebox thing, and I'm so absolutely glad that I did. I'm so because happy. now I'm praying for her. Yeah. And I even put in a picture of me and Ray, and I wrote her a Bible so verse, the oh, whole thing. And, and they had this tracking system. Yes, that's new this year. I love and it. I'm like, you know what? I actually now want to track it because <laughs> my, you know, the Grinch's heart that was too small? Yeah. I had a really small shoebox heart. It grew three sizes that day. 
Shoebox. But I needed, I needed my church and yes. my husband to spur me on. But that's my one thing. Oh, I love it. I and love that our church for. is doing that now. Yes, it then, helps me. Yeah, we did one this year for the same reason. It's hard to find. Um, it's just it's one more thing for me to go find a shoebox distribution center and return it to the place on time. Yeah, yeah. Not my strong suit. But we got one too this year, and it was oh, so fun good. for the girls to fill it. Same thing. Spent more than we thought. Filled. They brought this little shoebox from church, and it barely did half of it. So I found this big um, boot <laughs> one in the basement that we filled. But it was fun, and you can add the tracking. You can also add, like, a little devotion. And I think it's, um, they send a book and maybe they check in with the kiddo about Jesus. So I thought, let's try that this year too. Oh, Because that's really important. Yes, obviously. it is. You pray yeah. for them. But yeah. It yeah. was really fun. So I love that they're doing that this year. I do too. And our church has a couple of outreaches that we can be involved with as well. So, you know, if you don't go to our church, obviously look into your own church and see. You know, we have a neighborhood food pantry on yep. our church property. Yep, we do. Um, also, they provide, um, our House of Hope does um, serve meals to the hungry as well. So you can go and serve there. I love it. So there are many opportunities. Choose at least one. Yes. And if we free ourselves of all the other things, we have the time to right, choose one. Right, you know? Be, Being open to seeing them, too, because even with outside of the church, they do toys for tots and the coats for yes, kiddos and the, the angel coats. tree. There's so many There's opportunities so many. to do a simple little thing to bless someone right. at Christmas time. And it's what you want your children to see. Absolutely. You want you to see them. Yeah. You know, the year that our grandkids lived with us when their daddy was in Afghanistan, yeah. I went shopping um, with Gabriel to buy um, a Christmas present for his mom. You yeah. know, I did that with all the kids so that Mary still got Christmas presents because, so you know, sweet. I didn't know if Angel's <laughs> presents from Afghanistan would arrive in time. It was just, right. you know, and it was going to be a hard Christmas for her without her husband. Oh, yeah. So we're pulling into the Walmart in Portsmouth, right on Route 1, and there's a homeless man looking very shaggy yeah. with his little sign held out. And Gabriel said, who is that, Nina? Hmm. And I usually ignore those mm. homeless people with their signs. And I told Gabriel, I said, he's someone that um, doesn't have a place to live, probably, honey. Right. And he's asking us to help him. Well, why didn't we help him, Nina? Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, oh, Lord, forgive me. The so we were hearts. in the Walmart, and I said, you know what, Gabriel, we're going to buy him a Walmart gift card. Mm. And when we come out, if he's still there, we're going to give it to him. Yeah. And then we're going to pray for him. Yeah. So sure enough, he was still out there. Oh, and wow. I unrolled my little window. <laughs> and then I gave him his, you know, his little gift card to Walmart yeah. where he could buy whatever he needed to buy. Oh. And then Gabriel prayed on the way home. He was in the back seat, you know, in his little yeah. car. I don't know if he was still in the car seat or booster, whatever. God, please help him find a place to sleep tonight. Help him to find a job. And all of a sudden, something that I see too often was magnified for me because of a little boy. You know, so and I still haven't done this. Maybe I really will do it now because I'm talking about it on a podcast. <laughs> I want to have gift cards ready and I want mm. to have little bags in my car ready so that, you know, it has like a little kind bar in it and an yes. apple or something, a pack of gum, and then a gift card yes. to like a Walmart. Um, so that when you're stopped at a stoplight and mm -hmm. you see the person, you've got the bag. 
Right. You've and you're got giving something them a there. safe gift because you're right. always worried about. I know. Enabling. So it's it's a fine line. And you, I feel like we tend to go too safe and just ignore them. I know I do. I'm like, yeah. just be safe and yeah. just don't. But I love having that. I love that idea, Sharon, having something ready that you could give them that would actually bless them. Would and bless not, them. Yeah, yes. Encourage them. Yes. They're doing that a pair thing. of socks. I, know. I don't know. <laughs> just, just stuff. Just something. The last one I saw, which I had nothing for because I still haven't done my bags, yeah. said every little bit helps. Mm, I know. So. Oh, it's so tough. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> so, well, okay, on that note, let's read some short passages from the Bible about giving, Nicole. Ooh. Why don't you read what Jesus has to say about having a tender heart? Because this is convicting yes. in Matthew 25, <laughs> 31 through 40. All right. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Isn't that the most profound thing, that Jesus receives it as a gift to him? Mm. When Gabriel and I actually gave something to that homeless man, Jesus said thank you. That's amazing. Uh, It's just such (laughs) a unique way to think about it, Mm. and yet it's it's what the Lord tells us. Absolutely. That when we're giving, when we're welcoming, um, he is blessed by it too, Mm. not just the person we're doing it for. Yeah. That's, an, that's a remarkable thought. We need to, need, to, we need to remember that more. We do. We <laughs> I said do. that to my girls a lot. I said, when you're kind, like how you treat each other, it's like how you treat Jesus. You know, if you're kind to each other, it's like being kind, kind to, to Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. 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 But kids seem to understand that better than we do sometimes. They do. We kind of lose a little bit of that in our mm-hmm. cynicism. Oh, for sure. We really do. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I was thinking as I was reading this, how um, Mary and Joseph honored God in this. He was naked. And they clothed him. Oh, those little <laughs> ships of cloth. Right? <laughs> and they showed hospitality to strangers, those shepherds. And then they later did. on, yeah. the wise men. Yeah. So uh, they also did this. And God notices. I think that's the other thing to just realize is God notices when mm-hmm. we're kind and when we're not. That's and true. it matters. Mm. It matters. So it matters more than our nicely decorated Christmas tree. It Christmas actually does. It does. Right. Because it matters for eternity for his kingdom. It does. Not for it does. Our momentary. Oh my goodness. Here. We have got to stay simple so we can be tender hearted. Yes. They go together. If yeah. we're too busy, There's no time. our hearts are closed. Yeah. Because we're too busy getting all our stuff done. It's, we can be very self-centered at Christmas oh, so time. so easily. Oh, oh my goodness. man, 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 man. All right, well, I'm going to close us out with these words from James 2, 1 through 8, and then 13 to 17. James also is a shoot straight hitter with yes, his words, he too. punches. Okay, so here we go. My, well, at least he starts with my dear. <laughs> he's, he's easing the punch. It. <laughs> my dear brothers and sisters, how? Can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ 
if you favor some people over others. Mm. For example, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, uh, stand over there or sit on the floor, Mm. well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? Mm. Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. There will be no mercy for those who have shown no mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. Mm. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Mm. So you see... Faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Oh, boy. That's something to sit and marinate on, isn't it? Yes, it it is. Yes, it is. It's actually a sin. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can see that. I can see that. Oh, God bless you, be well, but I'm not giving you one thing. Right. And again, we can get over-guilted. We can't do everything. Right. But can we do the one thing? Mm. Can we have a tender heart? Well, and if we are praying and asking God for that one thing and that one person, he's going to give us discernment. He will. He's going to make it clear that this is the one to bless today. This is the one I've chosen for you. We don't have to worry about... Getting the overwhelmed everyone's. with saving everyone or doing right. the wrong person, God's going to guide us. Yes, he is. Him. Yes, he is. Now let's pray. Yes. <laughs> oh, Heavenly Father, forgive us when we have hard hearts, where our cynicism gets in the way of wanting to help people who have genuine needs. Mm. Forgive us when we feel too busy to visit the older person, the lonely person. Forgive us when interruptions at our door annoy us rather than being seen as sent by you. Mm. Father, may this Christmas be one where we keep our hearts tender, where we're tender to your voice most of all, Lord. Who are the ones you have chosen for us to love and minister to this Christmas? Show us, Father, and help us to be faithful to obeying the command to love others. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's a wrap for season six of our Sweet Sela Moments podcast. From studying heart lessons to convicting words about being tenderhearted, this season has had me thinking and growing and changing. I'm so thankful for God's word and how he speaks through it, helping us live wisely. We hope that your Christmas is rich in love and good deeds, friends. We wish you quiet moments by your tree and sacrificial moments where you reach out and love someone in need. May the Christ of Christmas dwell in your hearts and give you great joy. Please write and let us know you listen. Please give at sweetsela.org slash donations. And please watch for season seven, starting sometime in February 2023, Lord willing. Have a simple, tender-hearted Merry Christmas. We are so glad you stopped for a while with us. 
The Sweet Sela Moments podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. More information about this podcast can be found at sweetsela.org. Thank you for joining us.